The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me I think I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm healed. Ooh. I hit every note. We'll see if we can do it twice. Yeah. though. <laughs> probably can't do it again. Don't speak too soon. <laughs> so we talked all about Melvin Taylor at the beginning of last week's show, and then I never said when the when the when we, Oh. <laughs> Oops. Yep. We're gonna do it today. Such though. a professional. I know. I suck. <laughs> It's like my wife is being held together by duct tape. It's all right. It's fine. Everything's a cluster. I missed the last one. I jinxed it. All right. Let's get this show on the road. What do you think? I'm ready. I have enough material to do five shows today. Wow. Normally he comes in and goes, I got nothing less. I know. I, I wasn't in. even going to do a show today. Sometimes I come in and don't even know what I'm talking about until <laughs> the music starts playing. Yeah. All right. Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, top Two guys, Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Wow, look at the... look. I, I, I'm sure you took... Hello. Sorry. What's happening? I'm sure you, I'm sure you took... <laughs> my brain just got way like, too... Are you having a stroke? It, Do I, I need yes, to call for help? Yes, my brain just got way too far ahead of my mouth. So I, I looked at the um, the ratings that you sent me. Yes. Finally got it out. There you go. And um, holy crap. I know. Holy crap. I know. The, the, the views on this show and the and the... The audio downloads on this show are fun. I think it's, I can't say it's the best ever because I think when we do our specialty shows like the debates, 
those just go through the roof, like sometimes 11,000, 12,000 views. But, but as far as regular shows, I think this last month has been the best in a really long time. It really has been. Um, it has. I was, I was very pleasantly surprised. And I have to say, going back to um, the story that we did about Royal House Roast Beef in mm-hmm. Methuen, yeah. uh, when I posted that story online, still the highest viewed story I've posted in the last month and a half. And all it is is it's about the opening of a, of a roast beef shop. Yeah, <laughs> it had like eight thousand views. It's crazy, um, and the and some of the highest shows uh, here were uh, obviously the Methuen stuff gets a lot of oh. a lot of oh, play, yeah. um, uh, but having um, Don Smiriglio and the Tamakios here talking about the new Borellis, those ratings went through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember the the week right before that we had a show that that went absolutely crazy. Um, so I want to thank everybody for watching, everybody for listening, people who download us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, um, people who watch us on Facebook and um, and YouTube. I saw even on the YouTube channel, one of the YouTube videos over the last couple of weeks had something like 100 and something. Oh, we yeah. usually get four views on, fa- on, on YouTube. <laughs> There's nobody following us on YouTube at all. There's like five people. It is hard when you're on videos on both platforms because right. people go one or the other. Yeah. And normally one is predominant, which is Facebook for yeah. us. And so. so we want people yeah. to try and find us on YouTube because if we can get enough followers and we get enough views, we can start monetizing and making money on the videos. So we, we really want to do that. The yeah. Valley Patriot is on the streets. It's being delivered today as we speak. And uh, front page story is about how much money the Methuen police officers are making. Got a couple of calls from Methuen cops over the weekend. And they were like, Tom, what are you kicking the shit out of us for? I thought you were our buddy. I thought, I, we thought you were pro-cop. I'm like, listen, have, did you see my show? Like, I, I was made it perfectly clear that I'm happy with you guys making that money. But the people who gave you the raises were the ones that were complaining about the last set of raises, and I was calling out their hypocrisy. So I had a lot of people commenting on Facebook, yeah, those evil cops. And I'm like, guys, you were totally missing the point. You're totally missing the point. This was the problem during Joe Solomon. People kept focusing on the people getting the money and not the people that were giving it to them. And, and I guess that's just the easy, lazy way to do it. But um, you know, when it comes to how much money municipal employees are getting, you don't blame the person cashing the check. If I go to working for the town of North Andover tomorrow for $40,000 a year, and a week later, because I knew someone, the council or the board of selectmen decided to give me a 50% raise, am I going to say, no, please don't give me that money? No, one, no one's going to say that. No cop, no, no secretary, no teacher. No one's saying, no, please don't give me more money. And yet people still keep blaming the people getting the money. And so I want to caution you, you know, when you see these kinds of stories, don't be like, oh, those evil teachers, those evil cops. I can't believe how much money they're making. How about those evil school board members for giving the teachers that money or the evil uh, uh, board of selectmen or city councils for giving them that money and the evil mayors who pounded their fist and said how much money they were making the last time was too much and then gave them more. Those are the people that you need to blame. And since we're, uh, well, let me jump around a little bit and then we'll get to our slide because it's just so good. It's just so good. <laughs> you know, the, here's the thing about Methuen. I don't even have to try to kick Methuen. I don't even have to try. I go looking for information about a general story. And then we'll get to that in a minute. But I go looking for information about a general story, just something like region-wide. And let's just compare each, each town to what they're doing. And Methuen always is like shit at the bottom. Like they're always, or at the top, depending on what, what, what you're looking at as far as good and bad. But it's just crazy that, like, people think that I go out of my way to kick Methuen. And I, when you see the next story we're going to talk about, you're going to be like, holy crap, like, I didn't even have to do anything, and this yeah. is just what it is. You're just looking. It's like Methuen just jumped. Hello. Uh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, Sexiest oh, voice on oh, radio. Is, she's broken. She's broken. Nope. 
But even what little we hear, it's still pretty sexy. Yes. Just want you to know. Copy. Yeah. Um, couple things to get to. We're hearing. We're hearing. We're hearing things. Not me. We're oh, hearing. We're, we're hearing things, Chrissy. Um, what? We're, here's what we're hearing. I can't say it's a story because it's not etched in stone, but it's almost etched in stone. We're hearing that Lawrence Police Chief Roy Vasquez is coming back. Oh. And um, and I'm just going to leave you with that. I. I I see the good and bad in that. I see both sides. I've, I've been in on a bunch of meetings where it's been discussed. And um, I completely understand the people that want to bring him back. I do. I understand it. And, and, I'm, and I think I'm almost with them on it. Um, okay. And I also understand the people that don't want him back. Um, but the guy's got a year left in his contract. And I think if the mayor brings him, this is, you know, we talked about this when he first got put on leave. He was, um, I guess, suspended with pay. But I don't think it was really a suspension. I think he was just kind of put on leave. Because um, there's no proof. There's at the time no proof that he done anything wrong. There's still investigations going. Um, it, it, it's it's one of those things where it's fifty fifty. He's if he so his here. <laughs> I'm going to do this all day because I've got so much to get to. I'm trying to rush right, so I'm I'm just screwing up. So here's the thing: he was put on leave, and he's got a year left in his contract. If they don't bring him back, he's going to sue. We all know Roy, he's going to sue. He's going to sue and he's going to get the money because the attorneys that represent Lawrence always suck when they get to court. They might be good at like desk stuff. They might be good at like writing memos and giving advice to the counsel, but they really suck when they get to court. I don't think Lawrence has won a case in like 30 years. So if, he, if, he, if they don't bring him back, he sues and the city ends up with a big payday and maybe even some egg on their face depending on what comes out, out of these investigations. Um, if they if they bring him back, he's got a year left in his contract, and he will probably not want to renew his contract being, given the way he's been treated, right? He's probably not going to be like, oh, yeah, please give me three more years of this. Um, so I see, I see both sides. Let's kind of see what happens. Um, I know that the mayor is um, – well, he wants to bring him back. There's no, there's, no, there's no nice way to say it. There's no easy way to say it. mayor wants to bring him back. There's a lot of people around him don't want him coming back. And I think they're working out the details. And I would say that probably by next week's show, Roy Vasco will be back at the helm of the Lawrence Police Department. And all I can say is, I, if that happens, I just hope this can be, just be the end of it. Because we saw this with Joe Solomon. They fired him. He sued. He won. He came back. And they continued to go after him. They continued to try to set him up. They could, they, every, if the guy drank coffee with his left hand instead of his right hand, they were trying to throw him out of his job. And I don't want to see that for Roy either. Um, if, if he's going to come back, he's got to come back with his clean slate. And he also has to give a clean slate to the people under him that maybe testified or or said bad th- I don't want to say testified, but said bad things about him on his way out the door. If he comes back, it's got to be a clean slate on both sides. I think Roy is capable of that. Um, a couple of years ago, I probably would not have thought that, but I think he is. So let's see what happens. Let's see if he comes back. I think it's probably the best for, for everybody involved as far as the city side and Roy's side. Probably not so good for the cops that were kicking him on his way out the door. But if he does come back, I don't think it's going to be for very long. I think he's going to serve out his contract and probably go. I probably went out too much on that today, but um, you know, when someone calls me and tells me something and says, "Please don't tell anybody," but then I hear it from thirty-five other people, it's, there's no really, there's no need to hold it out, right? So, um, so we're hearing it, we're hearing it all over City Hall, and that's what's going on. Um, let's see, what else do we have? So, do you remember last week? Was it last week we talked about Methuen? Because all my days run together. I think it was. I last feel like week. we're always talking about Methuen. Right. <laughs> 
So last week when we were talking about the Methuen police salaries, I also talked about, for the first time, Maggie Dupre, who's the chief financial officer for the city. She was given to Methuen by the state, forced on Methuen by the state, because Methuen overspent by $4 million and had to borrow my tax money to fill the gap. So the state came in and said, we'll give you a chief financial officer. You hire her, you pay her, and um, you can't spend anything unless it goes through her, and she does a cost analysis of everything that you do. Remember we talked about that? So I'll tell you, I've, I've been pro-Maggie since she came on board. Really thought she was professional. Really thought she was, excuse me, good at her job. And then I found out last week, right after the show, somebody called me and said, you're not going to believe this. Apparently, Maggie Dupre, who's not from Methuen, she's not a Methuen person, she's not political, she's never been political, but boy, it didn't take her long to become political, because word we got last week was, so Maggie Dupre apparently um, brought in a friend of hers, to gave a friend of hers a job, and eliminated someone else's job to do it. So we're getting the details on that. I tried to get some details last night, but the person I asked wouldn't tell me anything. So we're trying to get some details on that for the next Valley Patriot, but you know, I, I said it last week. Good people who want to do good things get involved in Methuen, and they just get swallowed up by the corruption. They swallow, they get swallowed up by the culture of corruption in Methuen. Everybody's got a family member on the city payroll. Everybody's got a political donor on the city payroll. People are getting jobs based on who they know rather than posting the job and giving it to the person that applies it's most qualified. And we saw that with the mayor hiring his nurse and now Maggie Dupre hiring one of her friends. And, you know, I mean, maybe there needs to be like a one, like a three-year term limit for all jobs in Methuen. Because after three years, they just, they, they get comfortable and they think they own the city. They think that they're in charge. No one's ever going to look over their shoulder and stop them from doing what they want to do. And they start hiring their friends. And, you know, again, I'm going to say it. This is why Neil Perry was, was elected, because people were sick of that shit. Uh, what else do we have? We have a bash update. So we had the Lawrence High Alumni Banquet last week. And we finally got a chance to give a check to Vanessa Sanchez, who was the winner of the Phil Glendie, um, Phil Glendie Special Needs Scholarship at our bash back in March. And she didn't come to the bash, so we weren't going to give her the check. Because we have a rule for 19 years now, if you're not in the room, you don't get the check. Otherwise, kids will stay home and think we're going to mail them a check and we got an empty room, right? But uh, I finally got a hold of somebody who spoke with her family who said that, yes, there was absolutely a good reason for her not to be there. They apologized for not reaching out to us the multiple times that we called them. Um, and I said, if, you, if she comes to the Lawrence High Banquet, when we give out our scholarship to the uh, ROTC kid, um, then we will give her a check. And so we showed up with a check, waiting for her to show up, and she did. She was there with her parents, so we presented the check, and we want to congratulate Vanessa Sanchez. She's going to Merrimack College next year. She gets $5,700 because of you guys coming to the bash, buying raffle tickets, um, donating money, and helping out. So we, we appreciate that. What else do we have? Um, I got these two Supreme Court rulings, but I'm going to talk about some other stuff first. So one of the things I like to do as part of my job is I like to always, because we cover a number of communities from Newburyport all the way down to Lowell, I like to always kind of like, let's compare what the local communities are doing. And so I'm always looking for like these comparison things. So I went on govsalaries.com and I looked at what are like the average salaries for Lawrence, Methuen, Andover, North Andover, because that's basically our, that's the hub of, of our distribution area. 
we print about 20,000 papers, but at least 50% of them go into those four communities, those five communities, Lawrence, Methuen, Andrew, North and Haverhill, those five communities. And then the rest is kind of like, you know, we do like 1,000 in Newburyport and, you know, 600 in Salisbury and f- maybe another 1,000 or two in Drakeit, but the, but the majority is there. So that's what I looked up. So before you pull up the slide, I just want to give you uh, kind of like a little preview of what the information is. So... When you go to govsalaries.com, it tells you what was the high, and these the last numbers that they have is 2021. So keep that in mind through this. This is 2021. It's only two years ago. Um, they gave us the highest salary of that town. So whoever makes the most money, they didn't give us a name, but they just gave us the salary of who is the highest paid employee. And by the way, these numbers are salary only. This doesn't include like overtime and all the all the bennies. This is just salary. So these numbers are going to sound high, but they're actually much higher when you add in all the baddies. So they gave you the highest salary, the number of employees in that town, and then they averaged it, right? You take the, 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 um, the amount of money that the city spends on employees, you divide it by the number of employees, and that's your average. They also gave us the uh, average annual salary, right? And they gave us the um, – comparing it to the national average – and then they gave us the median salary. The median salary is like, what's right in the middle? So you might have five guys making 300000 at the top, and then everybody else makes twenty grand, right? So what's the median? What's in the middle? So they gave us all of that. So I compared Haverhill, Methuen, Lawrence, Andover, North Andover. And as I was looking at these numbers, I thought this was really interesting. Because again, as I said at the beginning of the show, I don't even have to try to kick the shit out of Methuen. I was just doing this as just like a general informative thing for the paper. And I don't even think I even made a comment in the paper. I just printed the raw numbers so people could kind of look for themselves. But as you delve into these numbers, and I love to do this. I love to, I love numbers. I suck at math, so I have to use like three calculators. But, but as I'm going through this, um, a couple of things just really jumped out at me. I'm going to read you some raw numbers. I'm going to pull up the comparison. So in Haverhill, your highest average salary is $399,000. It's $400,000. Somebody in Haverhill is making four hundred grand. i am willing to bet it's the superintendent of schools because the superintendents usually make the most money, all right, as far as salary. When you add in all the bennies and stuff, it's usually a cop that does like 50 hours of overtime a week. But when you're talking just salaries, it's usually either the superintendent or like the police chief usually makes the most in, in communities. But they didn't tell us what it was. I'm just surmising that. The number of employees in the city of Haverhill is 593 employees. It's a lot of employees. You get almost 600 employees in, in the city of Haverhill. But again, that covers everybody. That's your teacher aides, that's your crossing guards, your cops, your firefighters, you know, people, secretaries in city hall. So you get about 600 employees in Haverhill, and your highest salary is about 400000 It's 399611 The average annual salary, that's when you take all the salaries and you divide it by the number of employees, $64,000. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad for an average. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's probably acceptable, right? 64000 for the average person who works for the city. Because again, you're adding in like the part-time people that are making minimum wage, but you're also averaging the people making four hundred grand at the top end. City of Methuen, highest salary, 263000 So that's a little less, right? Do we have that right? Yeah. So it's a little less. It's about, well, actually, it's a lot less. So your highest salary in Methuen, these numbers again, 2021, $263,000. Um, Number of employees, 454. Average annual salary, 
76864 It's a little high. It's a little high. City of Lawrence, uh, highest salary, two ninety seven. Twenty ninety seven thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, two hundred and sixty nine thousand. And I'm pretty sure that is the superintendent of schools. A number of employees for Lawrence. Are you ready for this? Three thousand six hundred and forty seven employees. You didn't have that many people vote in the last election in Lawrence. Lawrence has three thousand six hundred and forty seven employees. That is fucking outrageous. You want to know why Lawrence's budget is so inflated? That's a number that the city. It's an election year. So you get a lot of people running for city council. Those of you who are running for city council, you should be looking at some of these numbers and asking why and how you can change them if you get elected. Because I think those discussions are going to help someone get elected if they, if they delve down into it. The average annual salary in Lawrence, 53000 A little bit high for the city of Lawrence, given that the average person who lives in Lawrence probably makes about 5000 a year, right? Um, but commensurate with the other communities, not so bad. The median salary, 53000 um, oh, you've already pulled that up. All right, so let me breeze through this. Uh, Andover, highest salary, 230000 Number of employees, 2,097. In the city of Andover, that's got to be all your schools. They must have such bloated schools. I think maybe next week I'll come in with the school budgets and we'll start comparing those. That will be fun. Um, your average annual salary in Andover, 45000 That's pretty good considering Andover is one of the richest communities like in, the, in New England. Median salary is thirty-five thousand. Town of North Andover. This is pretty impressive. Highest annual salary two hundred and twelve. I'm pretty sure that's a superintendent. Number of employees seventeen hundred. That's a pretty respectable number. Your average salary in in, in North Andover. Your average annual salary in twenty twenty one was forty thousand five thirty. North Andover's got more money than Andover and Methuen combined. I mean, when you talk about the people who live there, there's more wealth in North Andover than in the other two communities I just mentioned. So now let's look at, so now that I did that, I pulled the numbers out for the average salary. You've got that up on the screen now, right? Look at this. You know, not for anything. How many meetings in a row did we listen to Neil Perry and the Methuen City Council cry and whine about the salaries in Methuen, and they were going to do something about it. By the way, look at that number. Methuen's at the very top. Methuen is not nearly as big as Haverhill. They don't have nearly the population that Lawrence has. And yet, their average salary is 76864 It's 64% higher than the national average. And again, this comes from govsalaries.com. This is not Tom Duggan's numbers. This isn't something I made up at four in the afternoon, four in the morning when I was, you know, drinking my last coffee. These are these are hard numbers from 2021. Boy, I can't wait to see two years from now what the 2023 numbers are going to be with, with all those police raises. It's going to be fucking outrageous. I can't wait. Haverhill is next in line, but you know Haverhill at least twice the size of Methuen. Their average salaries for their city employees, 64000 They're 38% higher than the national average. Then you get to Lawrence. You know, I say it all the time. Lawrence is on the upswing and Methuen's on the downswing because Methuen is where Lawrence was in 1990. They're spending money like drunken sailors. And when any, whenever somebody tries to cut, you can't cut because everybody's related to somebody. Everybody's got a friend on the city council or a relative on the city council or, or they're the, the mayor's nurse or they're Maggie Dufresne's friend or it's Steve Sabre's son. Here's a, great, here's a great little side note for you on Methuen. 
So Steve Sabre, uh, two meetings ago, went on and on about how he no longer has to recuse himself from the DPW budget because his son no longer works for DPW. Just went on and on about it. It was, it was, it was great because within a week, the new job that his son got in the private sector didn't work and he ended up coming back. And so now Steve Sabre's son is back on the city payroll. Hilarious. And you look at the salaries, 76864 is your average salary. That means you've got really bloated salaries in Methuen. And in fact, they just created a whole new position. And I think it was $130,000. And Maggie Dupre was all for it. All for it. She was because her friend got the job. That's why she was all for it. Um, in Lawrence, your average salary, 53628 You know, say what you want about Dan Rivera, the previous mayor of Lawrence. Say what you want about the current mayor, Brian DePena. That's a respectable number for the city of Lawrence that your average salary is 53000 given the others that you see. And what's really interesting is that the two most wealthy communities in Massachusetts at the bottom of this list, Andover and North Andover, Andover, oh, I'm sorry, Lawrence is 14% higher than Nassau Andover, 45,752. It's only 2% higher than the national average. Boy, that's really respectable. If you live in Andover, you should be really happy with your elected officials. Because as liberal and loony as they are, and they really are, they're like one of the looniest communities around. They're almost as loony as Cambridge in Andover. Like they wanted to do a Columbus Day, right? But at least fiscally, they seem pretty damn conservative with your money. So they might be left-wing lunatics on the social issues, but look at that. And now North Andover, my hometown, the most respectable, the most respectable, 40530 I think that's pretty good for North Andover. I think you really have to give the new town, uh, the new town manager, I can't remember her name. I think her name is Rodriguez. And the Board of Selectmen, which is very far to the left. North Andover has taken a really hard left turn in the last 10 to 15 years. They don't even call it the Board of Selectmen anymore because, because it's got the word men in it. We don't want to offend somebody who's not a man. So it's the select board. And you can't call someone a select man, even though he's a select, even though he's a man, you have to call him select board member. Do you know how fucking difficult that is to write when you're doing, when you're writing a story? Select board member Smadili said, rather than selectman Smadili. I mean, come on, give me a break. But no matter how hard left they've gone, Andover and North Andover have gone, on the social issues, fiscally they're doing pretty damn good. Now, one of the things that may contribute to that that Andover and North Andover have that the other three don't have is that they're towns and they have town meetings, which means their city boards of selectmen, the equivalent of their city council, doesn't set their budget. The town people set the budget at town meeting. Any resident can show up at town meeting and make a proposal and say, I want to cut a million dollars out of your budget. And if enough people at town meeting residents say yes and they vote yes, a million dollars gets cut out of your budget. I've seen that time and time again at, at North Andover town meeting where they propose something, somebody gets up to the microphone and makes a really good point and changes everybody's mind in the room, and they say, you know what, Let, you're right, let's, let's cut that line by a million dollars, let's cut that line by $500,000. So it's really the best representative democracy you have, whereas in the other three communities, Methuen, Haverhill, and Lawrence, they have city councils, and they have strong mayor form of government. And those are the people that think they own the town, and they don't give a shit what the voters think unless it's election time, and so they're, they're the ones that are giving their friends jobs. I have not had in at least the last six years a phone call from anyone in North Andover saying, you're not going to believe who just got a job and who they're related to. Now, I'm sure it happens, 
but I haven't had a phone call on it. So if it's happening, it's happening at a much smaller level. In Andover, I have never had that phone call. In the 19 years we've been publishing The Valley Patriot, never once has someone, there's all kinds of other shenanigans go on in Andover, especially in the schools. But I've never had a phone call from someone saying, someone just got their mother a job in the schools. Someone just gave their brother a job on the fire department. Um, so I think that's probably what's contributing to all of these. Really, there's only 12 minutes left? Very good. Um, okay, so, that, so that's that. So if you live in Methuen, you should be really upset about those numbers, especially given that you've got a mayor that's been there for five years, a city council that's been there for five years, five years, four years, about that time. My time's always out. I don't sleep, so my time, my, my ability to measure time is just way off sometimes. Um, but over the last five years, you know, not for anything, in, in Methuen, you've got these people have been sitting there and patting themselves on the back at every meeting about how fiscally responsible they are, about how thrifty they are with, with your tax money. And when you look at the hard numbers that we brought in last week on the police contract and this week from, not from me, from govsalaries.com, um, it seems as though there's a lot of your tax money being spent in Methuen on things that it shouldn't be getting spent on. So much so that we still have a chief financial officer because Methuen had $4 million missing out of their school budget. And to this day, we only know where a million of that went. It went to special education. To this day, we still don't know. And every single city councilor, every single school committee member sat at this table at election time, first time they ran. And when I brought it up, they pounded their fist. One of them, DJ Borregard, pounded his fist. We've got to find out where that money went. When I get in, we're going to investigate that. And they never fucking did. They all got in, and they were so obsessed with, with Joe Solomon that it just that nothing else existed in their world. Um, let me give you one more thing on the, on the Joe Solomon Methuen thing, because this is pretty funny. I don't know how this got, back, got by me in the middle of May, but the legislature is looking to um, remove the salary cap of the person in charge of police training for the state. So there's like, if you retire from the state, you can only make so much money or you lose your, you lose your retirement. Like there's a cap on it. So there's some kind of measure. The guy must have friends in the legislature and they're just trying to give him a free payout, right? That if that guy retires, he, there's no, they, they want to remove the salary cap. So how do I know about this? Because, you know, not something that would normally come across my desk. I guess the Tribune, which I don't read, but I guess the Tribune, and I found it this morning, wrote a story in mid-May last, last month. Well, this is June. Yeah, last month. Um, that Neil Perry and the Methuen City Council are writing letters to the legislature, the governor, and again, everybody that will listen, saying that because the guy who's in charge of the police training for the state may have been implicated in the Joe Solomon, Sean Fountain thing, he shouldn't get that salary cap removed. This is disgraceful. Like, they're so fucking obsessed. You know, Joe Solomon's been gone for a year. They're still writing letters to people. They're still like anybody, it's almost like the Trump derangement syndrome. They've got Solomon derangement syndrome. Anybody that was connected, like I guess the guy who's the head of the police training made some, either made some phone calls or got some phone calls from Methuen officers who were trying to rectify the situation as to whether Sean Fountain had his certification or not. All the guy did was take a phone call. But these people are so fucking deranged that because his name was in a report that had to do with Joe Solomon and Sean Fountain, they're actually writing letters calling it a travesty of justice. Well, you know what? It might be a travesty of justice for the state taxpayers because if you're going to lift the cap for him, you should lift it for everybody, right? It shouldn't be just a free payday for this guy. Obviously, he's very politically connected. 
But that's not why they're complaining. <laughs> they're not complaining because it's your tax money. They're not complaining because this guy is obviously politically connected and getting a special piece of legislation just for him. That's not why they're bitching about it. They're bitching because his name appeared on like page 137 of the Sean Fountain report and their brain just broke. Their brain just snaps. And you want to know something? You want to know why Methuen still has problems? That's your reason. Now, I'm not going to say Joe Solomon was perfect. Sean Fountain was perfect. He obviously wasn't. I'm not even going to say that there was no wrongdoing. There obviously was wrongdoing that happened. And I, and I, I know that sometimes I give the impression that I don't believe that or, or that, that I'm, I'm diminishing that. I'm not. I just think that the level of outrage should be commensurate with the level of wrongdoing. And when you, when you see now Solomon gone for over a year, you got a new police chief, you got, you got all, these, all these other problems facing the town, you have infrastructure problems, you have problems at your water treatment plant, you got problems at your dump, you got problems in the police department. I understand a sexual harassment lawsuit was filed yesterday against the police captain. You got all these things going on in Methuen, and they're still obsessed, just like the Democrats in Congress are still obsessed with Donald Trump. They just can't get over it. They just, there's just something psychologically wrong with these people. And I don't know what it is, but I really hope that the new councils, when they come in, will actually, just fi- will actually just fixate on the problems that the voters have and not the problems that the politicians have. We got seven minutes. Do I have time to go through this, I think? Let me see. I don't know. We can either end the show early or I can try and get through this. City council, city ruling. All right, so... Let's let's try it anyway. I'll give you at least a little bit of a preview. I really wanted to write a story about this in the Valley Patriot, but I ran out of time. So over my career, over the time that I've been involved in local politics, which goes back to 1985, I've been doing this since I was 18. I can tell you with no exaggeration that I've been thrown out of no less than 50 public meetings. I get up at a school committee meeting or I get up at a city council meeting and I try to discuss something. And all of a sudden, because I'm saying something that the politicians at the, at the table don't want me to talk about. I'm calling them out for their misdeeds. The gavel would get, Mr. Duggan, you can't talk about that. You're not being civil. Mr. We have rules. You can't talk about people by name. You can't, you, can't, you can't slander people by name. You can't say mean things. I've been thrown out of Haverhill School Committee meetings. I've been thrown out of Lawrence School Committee meetings. I've certainly been thrown out of my, out of my share of Lawrence City Council meetings, probably the most. Um, I was asked to leave an Andover town meeting once because they didn't like what I was saying. And I always said to the police officer that was escorting me out at every single turn, I said, you know, that they, give, they've given you an unlawful order. This is public participation at a public meeting. They have no right to dictate the content of what I'm saying. They have no right to shut me down because they don't like the content of what I'm saying. And I actually saw this in Havel not long ago um, when they wanted to get up and they wanted to talk about something that had to do with somebody who was suing the schools because a teacher did something to a kid. And it was covered by the news, so parents got up and tried to talk about it. And they said, no, no, no. In fact, I actually dealt with this at the, at the, at the State Board of Medicine. Somebody got up and tried to talk about an issue, and they said, oh, no, no, because of HIPAA, you're not allowed to talk about that. Now, HIPAA is the federal law that you can't disclose medical information. But this person wasn't disclosing medical information. This person didn't have medical information. This person wanted to talk about the case itself. And by the way, HIPAA says 
you can't talk about, if you're an elected official, an appointed official, a medical official, you can't talk about someone's medical condition. You can't talk about their medical. Doesn't mean the public can't get up at your meeting and talk about it. And I saw time and time again, myself and other people removed from public meetings because the people in charge of those public meetings did not like what was said. I'll give you another example. There was a Lawrence City Councilor 10 years ago that was physically escorted out by a police captain out of a Lawrence School Committee meeting because he was talking about something that they said, well, that's executive session. You can't. Well, this is a city councilor at a school committee meeting. He wasn't in executive session. Executive session is only for the people in executive session to not talk about. And he got wind of something that was discussed illegally in executive session, so he got up at a meeting and started talking about it. They gaveled him out. And then they had another police officer, they had another police officer come and escort him out of the building. Well, this woman in Southboro in 2020 had the same problem that Tom Duggan has had for 20-something years. In Southboro, she got up and she started talking about the Board of Selectmen members in Southboro and their connection to a scandal. They gaveled her out of water and she was removed by a police officer. Well, she sued. It went all the way to the state Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled, as Tom Duggan has said for 35 years, that elected officials and government officials cannot dictate the content of the public speak, speech if it's public participation. So you can't have a city council meeting, say, in Methuen, ask some, tell people that they're open to speak for two minutes and then gavel them out of order when they start talking because you don't like what they have to say. And so these, these civility rules are now illegal in Massachusetts. The Supreme Court has ruled... And that means any similar case has to follow that rule. And so as of today, finally, for once, the Mass Supreme Court actually did something to protect free speech. As of today in Massachusetts, no elected official in Lawrence, Methuen, Boston, Andover, North Andover can shut you down at public participation at a public meeting because they don't like the content of what you have to say. And I think that's a tremendous, tremendous blow against those who try to silence speech. Let me give you another preview of something that's probably going to be coming up in the courts soon because I'm trying to find somebody to file this lawsuit because I don't have the money to do it. But I know somebody that does have the money to do it. He's a lawyer. So in Haverhill, I was listening to WHAV.net. My friend Tim Coco owns WHAV.net. And they simulcast the audio of their city council meetings in Haverhill. And at the beginning of every meeting, the president of the city council makes the announcement that if you are recording or taking pictures in the room tonight, you have to register with us and tell us who you are or you're not allowed. It's illegal by law. That's a fucking lie. It's a fucking lie. And I don't know where that guy came up with that. He had to have invented it out of, out of whole cloth. He had to have invented it out of thin air. There is no law, federal or state, that says you have to notify a government official at a public meeting, that you're recording them at a public meeting. It is just a lie. And why the people of Haverhill have put up with that lie for so long, I don't know. But I do know that these public officials, when it comes to issues like this, they rely on the ignorance of the voters. They rely on the ignorance of the public. They know that no one's going to go home and look up the law because it's hard to look up laws. It's a tedious task. It's very difficult. And, and when you find the law, it's worded so that it's hard to understand what it says if you don't have legal training. I was a paralegal for eight years, so I can do it. I can read through a law and I can, I can pick out what it really means. Most people don't, and most people don't have time to do that. But in Haverhill, they lie to you. They lie to you because they want to know who's in the room taking their picture. Because if it's someone they don't, they don't like 
or if it's somebody that's hostile to a particular politician in the room, maybe they won't bring up that raise for their cousin on the DPW, or maybe they won't bring up this other topic. And it's got to stop. And so I've been talking to some of my rich lawyer friends lately, one who lives in Haverhill, and said, you've got standing because you live in Haverhill. Please, please file this suit. I will file a friend of the court brief. I will get a bunch of newspapers to file a friend of the court. I'll even call the Tribune, even though they hate me. I'll call the Tribune. I'll talk to their lawyer, and we'll get them on board too. Because it, it's, it's so infuriating when, you know, it's kind of like when you're dealing with a bad cop, and you're in a situation, and the cop tells you you're not allowed to do something that you know by law you are. But you can't argue with him because he's got a gun and a badge and a walkie-talkie to call out guys with guns and badges. And so you kind of just eat it because he's a cop, right? It's infuriating. It's even more infuriating when you're in a public meeting and an elected official does it because they do know better. They know better because they have lawyers at every one of these meetings, school committee, city council, board of selectmen, no matter where you live. They have lawyers that tell them what the laws are. So they know that they're lying. And that's, what, that's the infuriating part. So um, kudos to the Mass Supreme Court for once they actually did something right. This is a great blow against those who are in power, who are trying to silence speech, especially speech that outs their bad deeds. Um, I suspect that it's going to have a wide-reaching effect across the state, and I'm going to do some follow-ups in the next Valley Patriot. We didn't talk about our sponsors. Um, I apologize for that at the beginning because we have three new sponsors. If you want to roll up Mel, I'll try and get through these as quick as we can. We have three new sponsors, Stacks in Haverhill. I'm going to be going there this weekend. I've been perusing their menu online, and I'm looking at the pictures. It looks really good. And the smoothie, smoothie boozy shakes look real. I'm not, I, I don't drink. I'm not a drinker, but I might try one of those because the one that I posted um, online yesterday looked really, really good. Par 28 right here in Haverhill. I'm sorry, right here in Salem. Don't even know where I am half the time, right? Um, and we're going to try that next week. And Loaded, which is on Washington Street in Haverhill, uh, we are going to go gonna try Stacks and Loaded at some point this week. We're going to try and hit both. And we're going to take pictures, and we're going to put them online, and we're going to see if maybe we get a bunch of people to come with us. McLennan Real Estate, Century 21, uh, Zanny Pesci Law Office, Marsan and Son Construction, Borelli's Deli, where I go to get my sausage right after the show, EIS, Investigation and Gun Trading, Tomo and Shake and Seafood, a free show for Clear Path for Veterans New England, Mercurial Law Office, AFC Urgent Care, my buddy Dave Id. Consoli at Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Thank you, Chrissy, for a fine, fine show today. It sounds like Melvin Taylor. She's a guy to go home. Oh, wait, June? We almost did it. We almost did it. We almost got through the show without... Ah, crap. Melvin Taylor, June 25th at Zorba Music Hall at 5 o'clock in Lowell. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.